Good afternoon. Well, good morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning. I hope that you guys are having a good start to your weekend. It is Saturday. It is still morning. Okay. <laughs> I know I was about to say good afternoon, but it's still morning here in the Midwest where I'm at. Did you have some good sleep? I hope that you probably, if you have to go to work, have a good day at work. If you don't, you know what I'm saying? Just get some little relaxation in, chill with your fam, fam, with your friends, what have you. Okay. We are continuing on our seeking of wisdom. We are on this wisdom journey, okay? I am on it, but I'm joining you guys. I'm inviting you guys to join in with me. I'm going to be coming out of the book of Proverbs. Uh, again, we are in chapter 7. Yes, we are in chapter 7, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and read. All right, let's go ahead and read. My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live, and my law is as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister, and call her thy kinsman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger with flattereth with her lips. For at the window of my house, I look through a casement. It's kind of like, just imagine if you're sitting at your house, you kind of look through the blinds, you know what I'm saying? Or you, you have a, a, a like a window seat, you know what I'm saying? Remember that song by Eric Badu, the window seat, you know, imagine you're sitting at the window seat. This is wisdom. The embodiment of wisdom, it says her, so she's a woman. So if you're a woman, you can imagine yourself. If you're a man, imagine a woman, okay? She's sitting there and she's looking out, out the window. This is what she's saying. And beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths, a young man void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner. And he went the way to her house. So now we get right here. There's two different hers here you have her which is wisdom which is in her house sitting in the window seat and then you have a her which it calls the corner hers that's what she's domiciled you know they say i'm outside she's domiciled outside there's nothing wrong going outside having a good time and everything stuff like that i'm just painting a picture for you use your sanctified imagination not the wicked imagination that we spoke about in chapter six where that can kind of go into the lululand or being in psychosis or delusional Okay, we're in our sanctified imagination, so we are imagining uh, what she's saying. So remember, there's two hers. There's wisdom, the embodiment in the embodiment of a feminine energy that's sitting in her house at the window seat looking out, and she said her corner to her house. Okay, so these are places where she has this other her. Okay, that we're going to find out who this other her is, where she has claimed as her own. This is her territory. The corner is her territory, and then the house. So where she lives at is her territory as well. Okay. All right. Let's continue at verse nine in chapter seven. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. So this is nighttime. Okay. And beheld and behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot and subtle of heart. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. So we just noticed that, that she was not in her house. She was on the corner. So like they, I'm outside, you know what I'm saying? Ripping and running is what my, my the old folks say, okay? Now, is she without, now in the streets and life and wait at every corner? So she caught him and kissed him and with an imprudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me. This day have I paid my vows, therefore come Came I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, 
with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us have our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with loves, for the good man is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He hath taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. He goeth the way after her straightway, as an ox going to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of stocks, till a dart strike through his liver, and a bird hasteneth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths. For she hath cast down many wounded. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. Okay, so that was like really heavy towards the end. I don't know about you guys. But it's like, whoa. So, that's chapter 7 there, okay? Let me go ahead and put my bookmark. We're going to be doing chapter 8 next. That's chapter 7 there. And a lot of people have heard, if you're growing up in any type of church setting, okay? No matter the de denomination, uh, you, you've probably heard the story of the strange woman, especially when it pertains to wives, or it would be at like um, the prayer breakfasts, you know what I'm saying, with the mothers with the get, get together. And I know my mom used to be married. I would hear the older women talking to my mom about safeguarding her marriage. You would hear about it in that aspect as far as like, Guard against the strange woman or at a single woman's conference, they'll tell you about the strange woman. You know what I'm saying? And so I want to be able to kind of just delve into this. What is the wisdom of this text? It's not to be able to be derogatory or demeaning towards another type of woman. There are different types of women. And if you don't believe me, go look in uh, the Song of Solomon. Okay. The Song of Solomon is a book of poetry where he was talking to the Shulamite. And he even categorized the women. There were virgins, there were princesses, there were queens, and then there were concubines. Okay? So there's four different types of women. Go ahead and write that down. There's virgins, there's princesses, there's queens, and then there's concubines. Oh, also handmaidens. Okay? Handmaidens. And he was saying basically in that, that text that the Shulamite, okay, she was far above all of them. Now, a lot of you are saying, what does that have to do with this? I'm just stating the facts. That we're not being derogatory. We talk about a certain type of energy that, that women can uh, embody. Okay, the feminine energy can embody. Or it could be, you know, in your aspect, if you're like, well, I don't believe in that gender stuff. Okay, well, you know, wherever it resonates for you. Okay, I'm just talking about to that, trying to keep the integrity of the text. It's talking about a feminine type of energy. And we are going to be um, citing our sources as usual. I do have some theologians on, uh, uh, on standby. Okay. <laughs> They're not here, but I have some resources from the theologians where you guys could kind of see more about what a theologian or well-studied or learned person with degrees and with tenure would have to say about this particular scripture, okay? All right. But there's some things that stood out I want to look at in prudent face, okay? Let's get our dictionaries out, okay? Which dictionary, I mean the internet, okay? Let's look up imprudent. Imprudent definition. 
because it said that she had an imprudent face. Okay. Imprudent means showing, not showing care for the consequence or action. Very rash, unwise, ill-considered. Okay. This is a person that doesn't care about their consequences. Okay. So it's not a wise woman. It's showing you what's the difference between wisdom. Now, before we go there, let's dial it back a little bit. Wisdom was in her home, in the window, just looking out. I mean, she has the gift of observation. She doesn't have to be in the situation. Like, I got to be around. People got to know. She don't have to be, thank you. She doesn't have to be in the situation to be able to understand the situation. So, uh, and I don't believe that she was being nosy. It was more so like giving like a window, a window. You know how they say a window of opportunity. This is a window of wisdom. That's what we'll name this. Okay. A window of wisdom. Okay. So it's not like I'm, you know, I'm being nosy. I'm picking out the window. She was basically using this as a parable to show, look at this window, window of wisdom that I'm going to show you where there's a different type of feminine energy that you want to stay away from. That's not just for a man, even though it's talking to a man. This could be for us as women. We do not want to display this type of behavior. Now, at any time in your life you have displayed this behavior, I know I certainly have, we don't want to continue to display that behavior because it it's not going to bring anything that's life-giving to us, okay? So let's look up imprudent some more. Let's look up the synonym. Because a lot of times people, you know, the words, it's like, well, I can't really get with that word. Let's, let's look up a synonym. All right, it also means reckless, okay? Impolite, disrespectful, unthinking. So just imagine that you see somebody in your family that you know that's a male, and you in the house, you look like, what is he doing? And he, it's the dark and the night. He said it was not only nighttime, it was a dark night, okay? And he said probably in the wee hours of the night, you know when it get real dark, dark, okay? And they're walking out there in the darkness, and they're looking on the corner, and the woman come, come to them, and she grabs his face and kisses him. But it says her face was imprudent. So she kisses him with a disrespectful look on her face, a careless look, okay? Use your imagination. You know, it also means be irresponsible. She's impolite. So imagine somebody kind of scowling or looking like, you know, like they like to smack. I don't think, you know, with the twisting of the neck. Okay, and I'm going to grab your face and we're going to kiss like that, that type of thing. Okay, now her, her initial interaction with him, with this thoughtless, uh, you know, type of sensuality, that's her initial reaction is her character. So she initially approached this male, okay, in the dark of the night, and they ain't got no, no business, they, they outside, they ain't, got no, they no, ain't got no business being out there in the dark of the night. And she on the corner. She ain't in her house. And then she grabs him with the imprudent face. She, uh, she approaches him with intimate disrespect. Then she dials it back and starts flattering. A lot of times, that type of feminine energy, that's how they kind of approach things. They'll kind of be like argumentative or they'll have like a scowl on their face. You know what I'm saying? The twi you know how they get the, the twist of their neck. And their body language is kind of disrespectful. And they talk with their hands. Because I'm saying though. When I'm stuck that type of beat, you know, with the nails and stuff, I'm not, listen, I'm just painting a picture. So that initial first impression that you get is really who they are in this feminine energy. But they dial it back with the, wait a minute, my flattering words. See what I mean? And it says with her flattery, she caused him to yield. Let's look up yield. 
It means to surrender, to submit, to back down, to knuckle under, to relinquish, to hand over. So the normal the normal state of things to where according to the most high is that the woman is supposed to submit to the man. This woman is approaching this man with disrespect in an unfamiliar, strange place. That's what they call it, the strange woman. She forces intimacy, but it's coming from a disrespectful place. It's careless. It's thoughtless. It's not because they, they she's feeling me, dog. No, she's not feeling you. She's careless. It's a feminine energy. And then she dials it back with flattery. Okay? Flattery is not the same thing as encouragement. With flattery, that causes this person to submit to her. Okay? So a lot of men say, well, you don't know how to be submissive and stuff. Well, what are you submitting to, sir? You definitely might be submitted to a strange woman. She made me feel so good. She talked to me a certain type of way. Yeah, they talk to a lot of people that way. It's thoughtless. It's careless. It has nothing of any substance pertaining to you, meaning to that. So why do we need to know this? This is important to know because as women, we don't want to embody this. Do you want to be thoughtless or careless or force intimate re inter interaction that's coming from a place of disrespect? Because you know how they say body language? Sorry, guys, my um, my baby. Okay, so, all right, so why, why do we need to know this? Where, where was that? Where, where was that? Oh, as far as yielding. So, your body language, your body language, you know, that's a part of how people understand what you're saying. You could say, I'm not mad, right? But your face could be frowned up and people could say, no, I think you're mad. Or I'm not laughing. And they can see a smile on your face where they're laughing, right? So if somebody has an imprudent face, that's a disrespectful, careless, you know, reckless face, you know, like snarled up nose, you know, lip kind of turned up. That's how a person feels on the inside. So these men are submitting to a disrespectful woman at heart, but they flatter with their mouth to get the men to submit to them. See what I just said? They're disrespectful at heart. They're imprudent. They're reckless and they're careless and they outside, okay, at heart. But they come back and say, oh, we'll come back. And, and the flattery is not to encourage the man to go into the way he's supposed to go. The flattery is to get them to submit to them, okay? Now, it also says, and by her lips, she forced him. So flattery can force you to do things that you ain't really got no business doing. So is that really, when you look at it that way, is there really somebody filling you or encouraging you or know how to talk to a man? Is that really that woman submitting to you or are you submitting to her? See how that goes? It's really, it says subtle. They're sub to a part. They're really subtle. Okay. All right. So that's very important for us. And it's very interesting. Okay. All right. Now notice it says that he goeth, this is chapter, uh, verse 22. He goeth after her straight way. As an ox go up to the slaughter. You know, you ever see somebody just, an ox is big. They got a lot of strength. And they just, somebody leading them, come on. We're going to go over here and have us a good time. And they lead you somewhere where they're going to slaughter you. So it's not, it's not a, a way that we would want to go. That's why it says keep yourself away from her path. Okay. And this is, this is I can see why, you know, growing up. Especially the elder, because it says the older women are supposed to teach the younger women how to love their husbands, love their kids, and to be keepers of their home. This is a way to teach you how to keep your home, how to love your husband and love your kids. Because when you love your husband, you're loving your kids. And vice versa, right? Because it's a unit together. It's a togetherness. I can see why they would teach this about the strange woman. 
um, because it's very important for them to kind of know what they need to pray for, what they need to kind of cover, what they need to watch out for. Not that you have to be vigilant and every woman is, you know, be paranoid or, or low self-esteem. You want my man? No, it's just that you have to kind of know that not only is that person going to try to get that man to sleep with them, it's going to be some type of death that's going to happen. It could be a spiritual death. It could be, uh, we just read in, in chapter six, where it can cause them to be impoverished. And they be giving up their substance to the cruel years of, of years of your substance to cruelty, to cruel people. So it's very important, okay, for us to be aware of these things because it says we perish because of what lack of knowledge. A lot of marriages today, a lot of homes are being broken up because of lack of knowledge. And so that also goes for women that's holding that position down as a, as a wife. If a woman is not displaying these characteristics towards your man, you don't need to be trying to come against her. You need to be watching around you. Who is displaying these characteristics? Who keeps flattering my man all the time? Like, why you got so much flattery to say? Let me watch your body language. Oh, you a secretary? Oh, oh you uh, you uh, you uh, work work under him? You work in another department, but you, you know, you trying to help him, but your body language is kind of that's type of things you need to be kind of watching that way. What? How is my body language? Am I am I being a strange woman to my own husband, or to men that I call myself want to be want to court me? Am I being strange? Am I being, is my body language, is my facial expressions disrespect? Am I coming from a place of disrespect? Am I trying to force and get these men to submit with my flattery? When I know in my home ain't nothing in there, nothing of life is in there. Your home, also your house in this text, or in the text a lot of times it means your vessel. There's really nothing of life, nothing that's life-giving that invigorates, that's zoe. There's nothing in there. But, you know, I'm going to flatter you and force you. And you're going to yield, you're going to submit to me. And then I'm going to suck the life out of you. So I don't want to be like that as a woman. I want to be, you know, like wisdom. I want to be able to look through a window of wisdom, observe and say, don't want to do that. Right. It's just, it's just kind of like when you have children, you have the older child. They kind of be like, they, uh, they, they call that the test dummy from the parents. And you notice by the time they get to their younger child. The younger child, they're a little bit more softer and the children in between. It's because a lot of times the in-between children and the younger child kind of was able to watch. They was able to observe and kind of know majority of the time how to move around the parents and get a different reaction out of them, right? So that's why it is important for us to be able to know how to have the power of observation. Not only observing others, but observe us. Okay, as you more the more you know yourself and know certain ways about yourself, if you're using your flattery to get men to submit to you, then that's manipulation. And it's false advertisement. So that's what they call fraudulent. It's fraud. You're fraud. I don't want to be a fraud. Do you want to be a fraud? So this is important for us to know as women. This is important. And it's important for men to know. Notice this 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 text is is talking to him like you're talking to your son. You're putting your son up on game. Say, son, look out there. You're not, you're not. Judge it, but you're showing them. You're judging righteously. That means you're showing them there's a way to go about things that's going to bring life. And there's a way to go about things that's not going to bring life, right? This happens with everything. And you also want to teach your daughters this. Don't be like this. Don't be loud. Say, she loud and stubborn. Yeah, I don't think, no, I ain't doing that. You know, loud and stubborn. I'm from the city, okay? Like, for real, I'm not from the suburbs. I'm from the city of Detroit on the east side. We had abandoned houses. While I'm walking to school, okay? All right? That's the type of, I'm talking about like the hood hood. They call the slums. So I definitely have some of that in me and have had grown up around women that have, you know, displayed this more and characteristics that I myself, of course, you get older and you're supposed to learn as you get older. So that's why we're seeking wisdom in these areas. 
Am I am I coming from a place of disrespect? Am I trying to force intimacy? But I'm in my heart, it's coming out all on my you know, it's written all over your face. You don't have to say a word, you know. It's written all over my face. I'm disrespectful. My body language show I'm masculine. I'm disrespectful. Give me that face I'm about to get out. You know, you supposed to just walk up to a man and just kiss the man. And you angry and looking angry. And it's my, oh, no, come off to my house. My man ain't there. I done put all sorts of bath, bed, and body works all over my bed. And we can have our food. We can, we can go all night, you know, for rounds. You know, you're going to tap out. And then, you know, you're going to leave. No, that, that's basically what you're saying. See what I mean? Is that coming from a place of life? Okay, so that's why it's important. Now let's go look at what some of the theologians say. This is going to be a pretty short podcast, I hope. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to keep it short, guys. We're coming from BibleRef.com. BibleRef.com. And it, it reads, as in his previous lesson, Solomon begins Proverbs 7 with a plea to his son which may also be a reference to students, okay? So I want to be a student of the word. I want to be a student of wisdom. His request is that they pay close attention to his instruction and value his counsel highly. He commends valuing wisdom the way a man ought to cherish his own sister. This parallels other depictions of wisdom as a woman in the book of Proverbs, okay? This passage makes yet another reference to adultery and warns against the adulteress, which the literal language content cautions a man about a predatory woman. The principles apply to both sexes, right? Because this could be a man to act like this. You know, you're okay. Let's let's pause right there. Okay, that's uh, what. Let's continue to read. I'm gonna pause. Adultery is a common metaphor for all sin, as something which is tempting but leads to ruin, okay? Did you hear that? Now, I love how he just opened this up. Remember, I was trying to come from the place where I've heard it spoken before, where it, it does, this does apply to marriage. Watch out for the strange woman, right? But when you think about it, the strange woman could be anything that tempts you, but as you know it's going to lead you to ruin. It could be cigarettes. Raise your hand. I'm raising mine. It could be drink. Raise your hand. That could be the strange woman. See how it says that? The adultery. You're going away from anything that has you uh, to a committed path that's supposed to be something that's supposed to be for building you. And you're going towards something that's tempting you to tear you down. So, okay, let's just open it up. We don't want to, again, we're not being derogatory. Like that type of woman, but it's, you know, we know this. There are categories and type of feminine energies you can embody. And that's what this is talking about. Anything that kind of tempts you away and leads you to ruin. And it's talking about in the aspect of a woman and a man. Okay? Because that's how we kind of understand things a lot of times too. It could be literal and metaphorical. That's how beautiful this is. Let's continue to read. Solomon's wisdom was based not only in God-given insights, but also in experience. Isn't that great? We want God's insight and experience. That's why it says all things work together for the good of them that love God and call according to his purpose. Because everything that I've went through in my experiences, he is going to He's gonna have it work for my good. Because he's going to match it with his insight. And it's going to help me to be like wisdom. To be able to sit and observe and not have to go certain ways that I might have went down before. Or been taken down unnecessarily by other people before. And he helps me to be able to learn, don't go that way. That's the way of ruin. I could, and I could watch that through observation. If I see two people arguing and they're trying to be argumentative with me, 
or uh, let's take this for instance. There's this uh, young lady, okay, and she just loves to just say little innuendos towards me, towards my living situation, because um, I live with, uh, I have a parent that stays with me, um, and it's because she can't afford to stay on her own. So I don't have a problem with her staying. It's like having a nana in the house, helps my kids out. We work together as a unit, right, because I'm a single parent. So all single parents need help. This person likes to, and she has no children, she likes to try to call herself, and you end up browbeating me and trying to put me down because I have assistance in my home to help with my children. And I'm also assisting the elders. That's called respect and honoring your mother and your father. So you're trying to browbeat me for respecting my parents to know that they can't afford to live on their own or live in my home. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? As far as it's the type of, it's the type of interaction that they try to have with you. That's try to lead you to ruin. Okay, so through observation, let's let's bring it back to wisdom. Through me observing this woman spouting these ugly statements out of her mouth with these uh, broke and, and poverty, which are word curses, is, is her speech a way that's going to bring life to me or death? Is her way of her rhetoric is going to bring any some righteousness out of it or is it going to bring, bring ruin? And you have to ask yourself, where is that coming from? A lot of times it comes from envy. So we just read also in previous chapters in Proverbs to stay away from envy and strife. So this through wisdom, like I'm sitting in a metaphorical window seat, right? Because this is a help, this will help us for those of us who like to pop off. Like girl, girl, <laughs> like I can, you know, we love to call some, we love to attack people looks and stuff. We could, girl, I could say every, you know, we could say some of everything and it could be truthful and it's going to hurt you. But through wisdom, right, I'm trying to be able to observe and say, wow, you're in myself, you're a very ignorant person and you're very jealous and you're full of envy and strife because no real woman would want to speak like that about another woman. You all on the open doing it, too. Like that's going to make you more attractive. And it doesn't see that's a straight. You got a strange woman. You disrespectful and your face is disrespectful because it's giving power to me. That type of thing. Right. And don't let it be they trying to come out of the text and say that because they, they behavior and the way you speak it is actually going against the very text that you're coming out of. It's contradicting yourself. And God ain't the author of confusion. So who writing, who writing your story? Okay. So that's that way you can kind of observe that. Now, do we have to vent and stuff and talk to people? Say, my boss or this lady said, yeah, absolutely. Or you want to say it to yourself in your home. But before we interact and stuff like that, we want to deal with this, uh, these type of energies with wisdom you can observe from your window see notice wisdom is observing all of this stuff from her window and she could see that ain't that's that woman look disrespectful she could see but is she interacting with that woman or that feminine energy or that type of way of being see what i mean did wisdom go out there and cuss her out or did she just sit there and observe so i'm trying to learn how to be able to be better at observing and you have ignorant people that would try to trigger you on purpose or they find they call it doxing They'll try to dox you and find out stuff. Ooh, girl, she ain't got no car. I don't drive. See, but they don't know you. So when they go off an ignorant society standpoint of everything is materialism, and this means your worth, that's how they could begin to speak to you. So when we're dealing with, and it's, it's, a, it's really big in this day and age, we have to practice wisdom and to say you're ignorant or you're envious and you're full of strife and don't interact with them. Remember, it says don't go down to her ways. And they could tie into them being a, you're strange. You, you acting strange. You acting strange. 
that you're taking your time out in a whole nother beautiful year where there is full of possibilities. It's going to be full of ups and downs in your own personal life to try to tear down another woman because you're full of envy or strife because we don't know why. It could be because a lot of times it's because of a man a lot of time. Okay. And I ain't got no man. So it could become, you understand? It's a lot of, or because you're trying to venture out into something, they feel like they're mastering. Go master what you master. And stop acting strange, like the strange woman, okay? So that's important. All right, let's continue reading. The woman depicted her here is aggressive and stalks the young man like a predator. Did you see that? I didn't say that this is a theologian saying this, okay? She's ag aggressive as a woman. Let's look up aggressive. Aggressive synonyms. Hostile. Didn't I say that? Hostile. Truculent. Antagonistic. Confrontational. See that? Macho. I'm a macho woman. And it's giving pole to me that you stay with your parents. That's giving pole to me. Like that type of thing. You trying to start a business. See how weird that sounds? Don't it sound strange? Like you sound strange. Like are you alright? So you never interact with that type of energy because they're hostile, okay? Combative. You being combative in a whole nother year towards somebody that you don't know. You strange. Does your neighbor say they strange? You being confrontational and quarrelsome about somebody else's business that don't affect you. It don't affect you. And you're trying to use your doxing and what you think you know to conjure up this false self-esteem, which is coming off really aggressive, and you have a, what an imprudent face, the strength with a with a disrespectful face, because you po that type of thing. So if I'm gonna look at it, I'm, if I'm seven mile Cali from the east side, I'm gonna let you know about yourself real quick. But if I'm trying to seek wisdom and I didn't found her, and it tells us in chapter seven. Okay, at the beginning of chapter seven, it says that wisdom is my sister. Like, this is my sister, okay? And she my kids, but this is my kinfolk. I'm going to go to wisdom and talk to her and say, how did you respond? Oh, you just observed. And you noticed. Oh, that's a strange woman. Oh, you disrespectful. You got to improve the face. You aggressive. You notice, and where's that aggression coming from? A lot of times it comes from envy and strife. I was told to stay away from those things, right? Because it's keeping you safe. And it's also you guarding your heart. You're not investing in something that's being combative. Why would I want to invest in combative energy? Goodbye. Happy New Year. Have a nice 2024 and nice existence, right? Or don't say anything. Remember I told you, because if it's a, if they're foolish, they like to try to, they could try to harm, right? So we don't want that to happen. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if you were in Walmart and somebody being rude and stuff with you, it's best not to say nothing to them. Because you can tell you strange. You, 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 you understand? Okay, not meant to be like, oh, well, you uh, you being judgmental. No, it's just a way to kind of judge things so you can keep yourself at peace, live a quiet and peaceable life, demand your business not to be a busybody, and, and to build what you build. A wise woman builds her house with her hands, and the foolish woman plucks it down with her hands. Okay, so I want to be wise and build what I'm doing. Not tearing down something. And if you see an energy trying to tear you down and tear stuff down, and they being disrespectful and, and aggressive, it's strange. 
and it's full of envy and strife, and it's best not to go over there. Don't say nothing. Don't interact. No reaction. Unbothered. A non-factor. It's going to come off as you being arrogant. It's not. It's wisdom. Okay? Alright? She, she applies seductive clothing, surprise, flattery, boldness, and the promise of com consequence-free sex. Using deliberate tactics, she wins the young man over and convinces him to engage in sin. These strategies are not only literal when it comes to sexual temptation, they also echo the various ways other temptations present themselves, right? Like cussing somebody out. It'd be like, well, you know, just go ahead, you know, be bold. Let them know about this. No, nah, I'm not about to do that, right? Being warned of such dangers helps us to recognize and avoid them. See, notice it says dangers. So this is not just to be, uh, you know, call ourselves judging people just to judge them. We're doing this so we want to avoid, so we can avoid danger. Like wisdom did. She just observed it and she said, okay, let me go, go, on, go on the bed. You know, you know, basically going on the place of rest. She noticed wisdom was in the house. She was in the place, your house is normally your place of safety. She just observed. She didn't make herself be known. So you can observe, you know, strange behavior, strange stuff, stuff that might be dangerous. You can even see somebody else engaging into it. But sometimes it's best not to say anything. Okay? I'm going to try to let that marinate there. All right? So, again, we're coming from BibleRef.com. And let's continue reading. By succumbing to the adulterer's tricks, the reckless youths fall into a trap, like livestock being led to the slaughter or wild animal being snared by a hunter. Solomon warns his son, and by extension, all men and women that yielding to evil temptation leads to death. Hey, Lord have mercy. That sounds like that was one of the strange women that was trying to break my window, trying to break wisdom's window. You ain't got to do that strange woman going on back to the corner and you do you and I'm going to do me. Okay. That's the power of observation. And I'm very grateful to kind of just be kind of just saturating and being able to learn how to be observant because when you're a former, you know, half hood rat like myself, it is very easy to be like, hey, you know, but we don't want to interact in situations that's full of envy and strife or with antagonistic. Don't interact with that. It's not safe. Okay. Trust me. Been there, done. They got a t-shirt. Okay. Don't want to go back. We want to be able to observe. You can be able to see what's going on, observe, and just stay in your place of safety. You know, this wisdom never left the house. You just sat there, got on up, right? Okay. So we're also going to be coming from Bible Hub, BibleHub.com, okay? And this is a very, very good, uh, you guys notice I use these same two resources. I love them. They're kind of like my old concordance that I have, my old dictionary stuff that I have on my bookshelf, but it's just much easier because it's right here. At the click of a mouse, okay? So it says, Proverbs 7 serves as a vivid reminder that wisdom and understanding are our safeguards. See, that safeguards us against temptation and destructive choices. This is so good because I know I have made some destructive, stupid choices in my life, and I still do make some, which is not good. It's very dumb. And also some things that tempt me that shouldn't tempt me, okay, that I'm trying to get rid of. So that's why I'm seeking wisdom to say, okay, 
is that a good choice or a bad choice? Is it good to be arguing with people and and, and people is uh, people are unhinged nowadays. They're unhinged, and with the with the with the internet, they like to dox you a lot. They want to see where you stay at and what you're doing. You know, they take something that's virtual and they want to make it a reality. So it's not really a safe thing to do, right? It's not a safe thing to do. Okay. Or also, if I'm in my marriage, do I want to, you know, make destructive choices? Do I want to have destructive behavior? Do I want my femininity to be destructive, right? Do I want my sons to see that and your parenthood? It, see, this could go all the way around in your business. Do you want to be seen as a predatory, you know, type of, you know, destructive, aggressive, right? Or do you want to be, you know, personable? And willing to listen and eager to please in your business. This could also be going for entrepreneurship as well. Or if you work for other people. There's nothing against working for other people at all. Everybody is not meant to be the CEO or an entrepreneur. Okay? It's okay if you work under someone. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But we, do, we don't want to be destructive. This is just telling us that. Stuff that can tempt us to be destructive. The consequences of immorality are severe. Right? Or walking a path, at least to death, basically it means the things dying off in our life. You can lose friendships. You know, you can lose things. Lose business. We don't want that to happen. Thus, wisdom is not merely a lofty ideal, right? Like, oh, I want to be wise. I'm a sage. No, I've never said that. So, you know, whoever's saying that, God bless you. But it also means it's a practical guide for navigating the pitfalls of life. You know, I learned how to navigate. So I'm on a journey for wisdom. Where you at? Where you at, girl? That's my sister right there. This is my kinfolk, wisdom. She helps me to navigate through the pitfalls of life because life has all sorts of pitfalls. You're going to have pitfalls in your parenthood. You're going to have pitfalls for sure in your dating life or in your marriage. You're going to have pitfalls in business. You're going to have pitfalls raising kids. Oh, my goodness. You're going to have pitfalls in yourself. Like, why did I do? Right? So let's look at what pitfalls is, okay? All right. Let's look up pitfalls. Because these are things that we, you know, we just don't want to, basically, you can look at the word pit and fall. I don't want to fall into a pit. Okay, all right. I don't want to fall into a pit because it, it causes you to be stagnant. If you fall into a pit, a lot of times pit is dug deep. You can't really get out. You know what I'm saying? Cause you to be stagnant. I don't want to do that. It means a hazard. Yeah, danger. See that stumbling block, a difficulty, a peril. Okay, a snag. We all have things that are dangerous in our life. We all have things that could be dangerous for us or risk, right? That are thoughtless risks that we do not want to take. Okay, a problem. Pitfall means a problem. So there's some problems. If you want to avoid some problems, then we need to seek wisdom. And a way to avoid problems where if you see people are, you know, reacting antagonistically or you and you know that they're full of envy and full of strife, do not argue with envious and strife-filled people. There's no reason to argue with them. Because you're doing what? Putting yourself in danger. You're creating unnecessary problems for yourself that you don't have to, especially where if you know they have a certain amount of status or money or whatever or connections. You don't want to be able to try to irritate those type of people because they can try to mess. Now they're creating problems. If you're connected to people, you have kids, husband, they, it's creating problems. Sometimes it's best just to keep your mouth closed. It's going to make you look like a pushover to a lot of people, but whatever. I'm not about to be trying to argue. Are they, oh, you being quiet? Why would I try to cause, you know, unless you're, unless you're led to say something. If you're not led to say anything and it's just your emotions are flaming up because they're trying to trigger or being antagonistic or trying to be derogatory or trying to down you or verbally abusive towards you, do not engage, okay? So, 
And this is a way we can avoid and navigate through their pitfalls. Okay? All right? So, it's talk about section one, embrace wisdom. That's verses one through five. This chapter begins with the, far, with the father encouraging, urging his son to follow his wisdom. Keep his commandments and treat them as valuable as they will guard you. See that guard? I don't know who doesn't want to feel safe and guarded. The guards away from the snares. Remember, we looked at that word snares. It also means a pitfall of an adulterous woman. Adulterous woman is, uh, it could be literal or uh, or figurative or metaphor as far as talking about anything that's not on a committed way. It's a thoughtless, reckless energy. Okay? Let's look at it like that. Section two, the naive man, verses six through nine. The father observes a young man lacking judgment, roaming the streets at dusk, okay, walking near the house of the adulterous woman. Now, this particular reference says father because the whole chapter is written from a father, but the father was was talking about one, a wisdom embodying a woman because it says she sat at her. So don't get confused by that. She sat at her casement, window casement to look out and see, okay? Okay, lacking judgment. Five, we already read it. And, and so section three, the art of seduction, verses 10 through 20. An encounter unfolds between the young man and the adulterous woman. She is dressed seductively and speaks persuasively, promising him pleasures. She persuades him that her husband is not home, setting the stage for a secret rendezvous. Okay, so that's all sorts of, that's all, that's a risk. I mean, I'm willing to risk it all, not me. I ain't willing to risk it all. Because first of all, she, she got somebody, you got some. So it's not. See, I'm just saying, you can see, that's where they have crimes of passion. This is literal and figurative, okay? So it's probably trying to get you to do something. They have another, like, say if you work at two different jobs. I work at Lowe's, you work at Home Depot. Oh, we about to go out. Let's go ahead and, and we both going to work at um, Handy Mandy's. You know, let's just put it that way. There's another store like Home Depot or Lowe's. And we both started working there. And whatever jobs we were committed to, we wasn't supposed to do that. We could get in trouble. So it's, it's what I'm saying is it's causing you. It could cause danger. Danger, danger, like, like, don't go down the way. Section four, the tragic outcome. This is verses 21 through 27. Despite the man's initial resistance, because a man or us, we can have it. Nah, I don't want to do that. I ain't going to do that. He eventually succumbs to the adulterous woman's persistent seduction because people, that energy that, that embodies this energy, they're very persistent. And seducing is not doesn't have to always just do with sexual matters. And this way it's given us as far as that, it could seduce to anything. They're very persistent, okay? All right? You 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 almost would want to say if they were more dedicated and persistent towards other things, they would be really great. But they some people, they embody this energy. They're persistent in trying to seduce you, okay? The father likens this to the ox going to the slaughter or bird into a snare. Emphasizing the severe consequences that await the young man. The chapter ends with a stern warning against the various vic numerous victims of such seductions and the path to death that it leads to. Proverbs 7 in the Berean Standard Bible is an urgent plea from a wise father to his son to embrace wisdom and to avoid the perils of immorality. The chapter exemplifies how the, how the neglect of wisdom and understanding can lead to destructive decisions, particularly using the metaphor of a young man seduced by an adulterous woman. It is a timeless tale of temptation, deception, and the grave consequences that follow the lack of wisdom. The themes in chapter 7 is wisdom and understanding, morality and immorality, consequences of poor decisions. 
temptation and seduction, importance of guidance. So I know I certainly have, I have had to suffer a lot of consequences for poor decisions I have made. I know that you have as well. So if you say, well, I ain't have to do with that. No, we all have done things and made bad decisions. And a lot of people think, well, I'm just going to get out of my decision, but act like it never happened. No, the consequences are still there because you reap what you sow. Okay. This is how it goes. The topics is uh, following wisdom teaching, dangers of adultery, the art of seduction and deception, the unforeseen consequences of ignorance and lust. Now we read in chapter six and in chapter five, where it says that your lust should be up unto your wife. So there's what, and there's other things that you can lust towards, not just sex. You can lust after power, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the pride of life. You can lust after things. You know, they say ignorance is bliss. It's not because ignorance is a consequence. It, it has consequences to it. Ignorance has consequences to it. Okay. So the locations is the home, the streets. Like she for the streets. I'm outside. You know, I'm just saying, let me get this up right here. And the, the adulterous woman's house. Okay. So those are some of the locations is what we were talking about here. And it goes on to ask some Bible study questions. So I enjoyed this Bible study. This is going to actually have to charge up my laptop. I have to get to some other things with my children, make myself a smoothie and do some ironing. I have other things to do. Basically you guys have a wonderful weekend. We will pick up at chapter eight. Um, again, I'm not going to be trying to come consecutively uh, each day, but I will every couple of days come back and we'll seek some more wisdom. I have to give myself time to mull on this and kind of chew on it and kind of think about it and ponder about it and, and ask for a deeper impartation, deeper level of understanding because I want to be able to navigate through pitfalls in life better. I don't want to make poor poor decisions. And if I do, I'm, I know it's a mistake. If I make a mistake, I'll repent about it. I'll try to let it go and kind of keep it moving, okay? We all, all make mistakes. I am not perfect and you're not perfect. But it's just that as I'm getting older, my children are getting older. I have other things that I want to venture out into. I want to make wise decisions with wisdom. All right. You guys have a wonderful day. This is Humble Dame coming to you. Much appreciation and gratitude unto you guys. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate all of the support and the listeners. You guys have a wonderful and stupendous day.